the initial meeting between a, a buyer's agent and a, and a consumer, a buyer, should be one that starts with trust and honesty. And the last thing you want is that initial meeting to be set up in a disingenuous way. And that essentially is what Street Easy has done. And that kills me because they were Mr. Transparency and Mrs. Transparency for so long. And then that changed dramatically. And it, it's really sad because most people still use that site. Hello, everyone. This is Corey Canton. And Maurice Singer. And we are Life for Square Foot. Um, so today we're going to talk about the listing system and, and how uh, buyers find properties in New York City, which is primarily through um, some of the larger sites, uh, Street Easy and Zillow, I mean, just generally the sort of the supply chain of real estate. There's a difference between the sort of websites that the firms themselves host and these sort of aggregate sites. And sometimes people, if they're new to New York City, don't necessarily realize the difference between these two things. Or maybe they know Zillow because Zillow is national, but they don't realize the difference in terms of how Zillow functions and where Street Easy comes in to fill that gap in terms of New York City. So today we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about Zillow, Street Easy, and generally what's going on behind the scene with New York real estate websites. There's some drama, some greed, and just generally speaking, um, some really interesting dynamics and shifts in the industry that I think as anyone searching for a property would like to know. Our guest today, Phil Horrigan, we're really excited to have. I honestly don't know anybody who has a better experience to speak on this topic. He's the owner of three real estate websites, now there are options for you, uh, Freely, Leasebreak, and GetFirstSpeak.com. And he started just like us as a real estate broker. So, Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. So, Phil, tell us a little bit. Um, you also, so we are Corcoran Brokers, um, and you also, I believe, started um, or did spend a good amount of time at Corcoran. So tell us a little bit about your history. And yeah, so I started as a broker in 2004. I was with City Habitats, and then I moved to Corcoran, and I was there for almost 10 years. And then I became an independent agent two years ago. What sort of sparked the idea of, was lease break first? Yeah, it was. So as a, as a broker, I realized that when tenants were breaking their leases, if they wanted to break their lease, assuming they got their landlord's permission to do so, the burden would be on the tenant to find a replacement. Most landlords would say, it's okay to get out of your lease because no one wants an unhappy tenant, right? They say, it's okay, but you have to find someone to replace you. And look, let's face it, tenants are not brokers. They have full-time jobs. And so this burden was put on tenants to find a replacement, and what do they do? And I realized that they needed help, and there was no marketplace to help them. So it's leasebreak.com is the website. And I will say that we, I recently launched another one called Freely, F-R-E-L-E, Dot com, which is focused on more the twelve month rental, uh, the twelve month rentals. Probably ninety five percent of apartments require a twelve month lease in in the city. So leasebreak.com is really a, a niche player. Although we do have twelve month rentals too, but it really is a niche player in that it's focusing on that shorter term market. And in addition, you now have Get First Peak. Yeah. So Get First Peak is really part of Freely. But the, the concept there is that with all that's going on in the industry, which we'll get into, a lot of brokers are now withholding their listings and not putting them on some of the main websites right away. Like and Street Easy. Like Street Easy. Yeah. And yeah. so the idea of Get First Peak 
is that all of these listings can now be found in one place between one and seven days before they hit Street Easy. That's the idea. How exactly does that work? Like, what's the mechanics behind that? Is it because there's sort of delays built into some of these sort of aggregate yes, sites? Yes, exactly. So okay. there's two things. There are just some, there's actually probably three things. There are some brokers that just are not posting on StreetEasy anymore because they're charging a lot of money to do so. And now those brokers are posting on Get First Peak first. Then there are some through the, what's called the RLS, which is like the Automatic Real Estate Board of New York feed, they're delaying all of their listings by a certain amount of time. And so we take those and put those on Get First Peak. And then the final thing is there are just some brokers that are just out of principle are so upset with what StreetEasy is doing, which we'll get into, I assume, that they will withhold their listings and they'll go on our, they'll go on to get first peak and they'll say, I want all my new listings to be withheld for two or three days and then they'll appear on get first peak for two or three days first. So why don't we talk a little bit about, um, since we're talking about StreetEasy and yeah. the fees that they're charging, maybe a little bit of the history of StreetEasy and how it came to be and why it's so integral to our market here in the city. Sure. So, you know, I started in 2004, and in 2004, interestingly enough, I'd say one of the reasons that I work for Corcoran is because at, in 2004, if you wanted to show your clients some open houses on Sunday, you literally had to go to every site in order to comb through these listings. And so you'd have to go to Corcoran, Douglas Solomon, um, and, you know, all the smaller ones in order to kind of, you know, c get five or six good open houses to show to someone. And so... Um, What's interesting about that is that New York City, I believe at that time, was the only market in the country that didn't have an RLS, which is what a real estate... Yeah, uh, MLS. Listing. MLS, right. MLS. Yeah. Right. So, a uh, listing syndicate service. And so, right. there wasn't one place that all of the listings were. And it's funny because the, I think the reason for that, to some degree, is that the difficulty of finding the listings makes brokers more important. Uh, when StreetEasy first came out, brokers hated StreetEasy. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember people were like, oh, my God, my business is over. All the uh, customers, consumers, buyers, renters, everyone's going to see all the listings. What value do I add? That, that's what broke some brokers, not all, were thinking. Well, and, and to interject on that point, yeah. for so many years, I was such a strong advocate of the site. Um, and that's really because... I, I don't believe that the value of a broker has anything to do with finding the listing. And I think the evolution of brokers is that ultimately it's the negotiation of the deal. It's navigating the city. It's figuring out the quality of the building, the inspection. And there's so many ways in which we are important in this really large transaction. So I guess to go into this, StreetEasy was clashing with the brokers and then ultimately was able to um, scrub, right? Scrape, yeah. Scrape. But what they did was they... Um, Scrape or You scrub. could use scrub. Um, <laughs> no, but, so eventually they came to the brokerage community and they said, look, we're on your side. We're not going to compete with you. We are going to put your listings on our website for free. That's a big thing, for free. And they essentially promised that, that they would not compete with the brokerage community. Look, we're just here. We're, we're going to be a transparent marketplace. And like you, Corey, I just wanted to agree. I loved StreetEasy. I was one of those that also felt like, this is great because I could add a lot more value than just finding a listing. I mean, that, that's like on the low end of the totem pole yeah, that's, in that's terms of the value. And by the way, if any broker thinks that's how they're going to add value, you're in the wrong business because mm -hmm. it's, transparency is here to stay. Your, your, bro your buyers, your cons consumers, renters are going to find the apartments on their own. 
but you're going to add value in so many other ways, marketing, negotiations. Uh, I mean, it's just it's a countless amount of ways you're going to add value to the process. And, and I think it's it's been really helpful and important in terms of redefining what a real estate broker is. Like before that, when real estate brokers were in large part sort of the keepers of information, they are basically information brokers. And by making that information um, sort of wholesale and free to people, it's changing the definition of what it means to be a, both a broker, definitely a good broker, as in more a master of a market. So the people who are really good and add a lot of value are the ones who are going to excel in this market. So it's only natural that other people who are in the industry, basically just to try and sell information that they're privy to, are going to fight against it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so I, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Well, we thought it was a great, well, I, I don't want to speak for you. Yeah. It, it was a great it thing. It was, yeah. in the original model. And then Zillow bought them in 2012, and that's where things started right. well, So, so they, they, were, they were a startup to begin with. Yeah, so, you know, just to speak to this, because I used to, um, and I think I was one of the only brokers that used to use StreetEasy and their links in the way in which I sent all of my emails to buyers. I never used any of my listing systems. Um, I would take that link, because I like the days on mark and all of the aspects of the site, and I used to communicate with them frequently and be like, here, you know, maybe you should do this and so something that I think defines the character of the startup street easy was on the bottom of the screen it used to say they were powered by whiskey bikes and donuts <laughs> which nothing to me says any uh, more startup energy than that does as compared to the corporation Zillow which then ended up buying it and I'm not sure exactly when that tagline disappeared from the bottom of the screen um, but it did along with many of the other features that I had liked and so like I guess any um, company that gets bought by another company it's sort of a slow integration and shift right. um, from what something was um, but you know I think what you have been saying, Phil, is that philosophically, when they came in and said, we're never going to charge, ultimately, the people who made that promise to us were no longer street easy. Right, right. right. Well, that's the thing. And um, it's, really, it's really discouraging. First of all, they didn't have to change just because you're bought. There are a lot of companies that buy other companies, and they want to keep them exa exactly how they, how they are. It didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to be that oh, okay, Zillow bought them, so now they're going to be greedy and deceptive. Like, that didn't <laughs> have to happen. Um, and I will just say, so it started to happen slowly. Yeah. They had what was called a building expert program and a neighborhood expert program. And the, the problem was that what they did was essentially is they, they called these people on their site building experts and neighborhood experts, but they really weren't. And they paid for that position. But what always drove me crazy is that crazy is that it was never explained. So the consumer had no idea. The consumer would assume that these are truly experts. And that always bothered me. So that, I guess looking back, that was, to me, the beginning uh, when things started to change. And your point about transparency is a big one, which we're going to get into, because as real estate agents, part of our training in terms of all the sort of notions of fair housing that they sort of drill into us and make us go through every two years is about how important transparency is to the consumer. We have this thing called agency, which is basically about your relationship to what side of the deal you're on. Mm -hmm. And it is sort of like a kind of core value for us that we disclose agency to everybody who's party to every deal. Right. I represent the seller. I don't represent you if you're a buyer coming to this listing without a broker. And the Department of State, who kind of 
monitors this stuff is so focused on that, even to the degree that they sort of dictate how um, when you're doing advertising, you have to have specifically named like the firm that you work for. You right. have to have phone numbers. It has right. to be at a certain font size. Your name has to be exactly the same name that's licensed with the New York State. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, exactly. it's hyper-regulated. Yeah. So the fact that this other body can come in and start deceiving people on such a scale is part of the reason that we're all so upset about it. Yeah. What really started to get people going was the premier agent program. And that is where on your sales listings, if you're a broker, instead of you, the listing agent, being named, you know, with your little picture and everything so that buyers can contact you directly, which again, they didn't have to contact you directly, but the concept was complete transparency. It's this broker's listing, here's all the information. I mean, I loved it, it was great. And then what Street Easy did was they said, yeah, but we can't make money that way. So what they did is now they put a buyer's agent's information essentially there, and there's a little button to contact a buyer's agent who's paying a lot of money for that position, and it's not disclosed to the consumer. There's a very, 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 very small little button now that you need a magnifying glass mm -hmm. to see which says contact seller's agent, but it's so small that I'm sure most first-time buyers especially have no idea that they have to contact that person, you know? Well, so to add on to that, interestingly enough, just before they introduced it in the New York City market, because, you know, Street Easy was bought by Zillow, um, you know, like other Brooklynites, I was looking uh, for a house upstate, you know, do some yoga, et cetera. And um, while I was up there, I'm looking on my phone, so I bring my laptop, and, and Zillow dominates that market. There is no other choice. And I see this apart, or not apartment, I see this house. I click contact agent, which like on your phone, mind you, it's a whole other experience. Like you think you'll possibly notice that this isn't the listing agent. And so within like 30 seconds, I get this woman who's like, you know, calls me and I'm like, wow, you know, it's like so funny when you hit a button and somebody is like there, you know, <laughs> on the spot. And, you know, she's like, well, I'm not sure basically if I can do it tomorrow, but like I'll, I'll, I'll call and get back to you. And I didn't really understand that, but also I was driving to dinner, so it was just kind of like, okay. Right, because you assume this person had full control yeah, I assumed, over the house. I assumed right? she was calling the seller. Right. You know, and so what she said, while it didn't entirely match, she didn't say, by the way, I would be your buyer's agent. She didn't explain that. She just said she wasn't sure, but I said I wanted to see it tomorrow, and so she said she would see what she could do. So... She reaches back out. We end up getting an appointment for like 11 a.m. the next day on a Sunday. And I get there, and initially she's not actually there. So I'm like, oh, is such and such here? She's like, no, I'm the listing agent. And I was like, um, but you see, I'm an agent, so I didn't need an agent. Mm -hmm. you know? And so then this woman arrives, and um, she was actually quite sweet. But it ended up being really an awkward experience because I felt after this woman took an hour on her Sunday morning and then um, afterwards started sending me all of these other listings and really was doing the work of a buyer's agent. So I don't, you know, in a way she was the best of what you could find. I felt pressured into using her. Right. You know? The I, thing I, is that the initial meeting between a, a buyer's agent and a, and a consumer, a buyer, should be one that starts with trust and honesty. And the last thing you want is that initial meeting to be set up in a disingenuous way. And that essentially is what Street Easy has done. And that kills me because they were Mr. Transparency and Mrs. Transparency for so long. And then that changed dramatically. And it, it's really sad because most 
people still use that site. Yeah, they're actually doing a lot of damage to the general reputation and perception of brokers, which already is sort of starting at a low place. And it's something that Corey and I kind of talk and joke about a lot, that we're trying to change people's perceptions of real estate brokers sort of one deal at a time <laughs> by, by, by dint of like, you know, uh, hard work and, tr and trust and transparency. And, you know, I always joke that, like, we're sort of one notch above used car salesperson. And, like, <laughs> at this point, since that uh, Premier Agent program started, like, all listing agents, we've all had this experience constantly now where somebody didn't realize they were clicking on that buyer's button and that they, they show up and they're like, wait, who are you? And yeah. they're like, I'm the listing agent. And they're like, well, who is this? And uh. I'm like, well, that's basically your agent now unless you want to have a conversation <laughs> with them and kick them to the curb. And per, per Corey's point, like that's really that's that's basically kind of a confrontational right. sort of conversation they have right. to have, um, which nobody wants to do. So I think a lot of people sort of kind of get um, sort of shoehorned right. into working with somebody that they don't know, don't necessarily trust. And in the end, it's just making us seem bad. But doesn't it drive you insane that here's a company that is a part of a multi-billion dollar company and they know these complaints from brokers, and by the way, 95%, I believe 90 or 95% of all Zillow's money, Zillow is, uh, is what own, they own, Street Easy, um, is, is made from brokers. Yet they are doing this to you guys, to brokers, even though they're well aware of everything you're just talking about, but they're not gonna change, why? Because they're making so much money on the Premier Agent Program. It's their biggest revenue generator by far. Yeah, that, that kills me. Yeah, I, I had heard it, and I, I feel like it was even higher than 95%. I probably be. should have uh, done some research before yeah. recording. It's, it's over 95 it's, 90%. It's sure. like in the tune of billions of dollars. Yeah. And so, you know, I think to talk for a second about what this means, it's important to recognize that the uh, person who is the premier agent who is sitting on top of my listing is paying, like, hundreds of dollars a month. It is not, you know, a small... Thousands. I mean, there are, yeah. there are agents paying thousands of dollars a month. And you know, for that. if Maurice and I, just to put this into context, if Maurice and I want to be on our own listing, <laughs> then we have to pay $333 a month per listing. And because we have 10 listings or so at any given time, it would be over $3,000 a month. So Street Easy, after introducing the Premier, Premier Agent Program, where buyers can, or agents can basically buy to put themselves in other people's listings, um, Street Easy slash Zillow naturally came out with another sort of money-making plan, which is the foil to that, which is to offer to listing agents the antidote. Exactly, yeah, the, anti <laughs> the antidote to that poison, well, we which too. is basically more money. Like, give us money, and we won't allow other right. people to do this to your listing. I don't know if you want to talk about rentals for a second, but on the rental side, just it's important to know this. So what they've done there is they went from a free, a free platform for the last 10 years to now charging agents. It comes out to $135 a month per listing. Now, what that did was it pulled about 16,000 rental listings off of StreetEasy because agents said, I don't think so. I'm not paying this. So literally, literally half of the listings were pulled, rental listings were pulled off their site. Now, that's critical because you can't have a marketplace or a platform if half of the inventory is pulled off. Could you imagine if half of the products on Amazon were pulled off the site? It's a really big deal. Right, you start looking somewhere else. Exactly, and that's what's happening. So, you know, Corey, you mentioned how in the beginning, agents were needed to find listings. The irony here, is that we're going back to that a little bit on the rental side. Because right now, as a renter, you cannot use StreetEasy 
only. You so, could use it partially, but not only because there's, there's listings everywhere, not just on StreetEasy. Surely StreetEasy was kind of weighing this sort of outcome when they decided to start charging yes. people fees for that. So was their assumption that, okay, maybe we're going to lose some listings in the beginning, but then people will sort of invariably come back to us because we'll still be the only game in town? Yeah, I think they under they underestimated i really believe they underestimated how upset brokers would be at having to go from zero dollars to 135 dollars or let's say it was a 90 dollars a month for list per listing and i think they also overestimated maybe what their own power was i guess you know they, they just thought oh everyone's gonna do this there's no way they predicted that half of their listings would go off the site some people think what they're trying to do is shove brokers out of the rental business. And that's sort of, I could sort of see that a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say for sure that's what they're doing, but it's kind of sad because brokers, again, are their best customer. And it seems like every decision they're making is alienated, alienating brokers even further, less transparency and kind of a greedier, you know, a, a, a more greedy decision, you know? Well, and so what's interesting about this is that a lot of the brokers um, going back to Get First Peak, yeah. um, a lot of the brokers are delaying their listings to Street A to Z, whether it you know, be 24, 48, 72 hours. And you know, the way the sale game is played, rentals and sales, actually, the best listings go quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot. The, the first 72 hours of a listing is the most important time mm -hmm. period. And so even if it ultimately makes it onto Street Easy, if it's not there initially, then it's really making the marketplace um, less transparent, more, more murky, mm -hmm. um, and really doing a disservice to the consumers. And so, you know, I, I think one of the reasons that we wanted to do this podcast was to educate um, buyers and renters of the other alternatives that you have. And now it's, you know, becoming again um, a difficult marketplace to navigate so that, you know, money can be made in a transaction in an extraordinarily expensive city. I'm convinced that it's the beginning of the end for StreetEasy. It could last a few years, but there's just no way that by being less transparent, and by making sort of short-term profit decisions, there's just no way that you're going to be able to survive, I think, in any market, but let alone the New York City market, where there's very savvy buyers, there's very savvy renters. And I believe we're seeing another shift that we'll look back on five years from now, and we'll, we'll see it. I just don't who, believe Who do you think is ultimately going to sort of cause the downfall? Is it brokers are going to basically abandon ship to such a degree that the site kind of collapses? Or is there some notion that as people in this city who use StreetEasy discover, for instance, talking about the Premier Agent Program, once enough people kind of experience this sort of who's this extra broker that showed up right. and they feel duped, they'll start to sort of see StreetEasy in a negative light. And do you think that consumer-facing aspect is going to hurt them? Or is it the fact that brokers... What I think, if I, you know, it's really hard to say. I think there always could be another website out there. I mean, like, Freely right now is rentals, but if that starts to take off in rentals, we could eventually go into sales. Lease Break is doing great on short-term rentals. But, so it could be another website, but let's assume it's not, because I don't know if another website will come up. And a lot of people are hoping on that. What I think is the best case scenario, not best case, but I say the most likely case, the most likely case would be that... Rebney, the Real Estate Board of New York, collectively gets their act together and gets more power 
and is able to exert that power so that they could have more control over their listings, over the accuracy of the listings and the transparency. And I'll give you one thing that they should do like starting tomorrow, and I understand they're trying to work on this, but I really believe that it should happen, is every broker should have one place to input their listings. Right now, it is, I mean, the consumers out there, yeah, yeah, the consumers out there should know that Every broker enters their listings different ways, and sometimes the information just is not that accurate on different websites. Unfortunately, it's just kind of a mess, I guess. You know, if you really talk to somebody that's been around a while, they'll tell you it is kind of a mess. And in this void comes StreetEasy, and they're filling this void with this website that right now gets more consumer eyeballs than any other website. And because of that, they have tremendous power. And instead of using their power for good, which honestly is what I would do and I think you guys would do, like to make things even more transparent because there are a million ways to make money. You don't have to do it the greedy way. You don't have to do it the, trans, the, 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 you know, the deceptive way. You, know? you don't have to do things that way, but that's the path that they have taken, unfortunately. So just to wrap up a little bit and um, kind of go through some of the things that we had said, um, as a uh, buyer or renter, so let's first talk with the renters. So your sites again. My sites are leasebreak.com, which is great for short-term rentals between 1 and 12 months. Free to search, free to post. And then there's freely.com, F-R-E-L-E.com. And that's mostly 12-month rentals. That's the focus there. And in terms of what we're talking about on StreetEasy, so I just opened up the screen. um, And essentially, when you're looking at a listing um, and it says, you know, uh, interested in this listing, StreetEasy will connect you with a buyer's agent within the hour, and then they will advocate for you, negotiate the deer, support the closing process. You put your information in there. You will get someone who is paying uh, to be on that listing and will expect to be your buyer's broker. Um, Certainly, if you would like a buyer's broker, that is a path that you can take. If you do want to just reach out to the seller's broker, it is very much at the bottom of that box. Um, it's actually pretty hard for me to find and talk at the same time, but looking all the way to the bottom, um, it says if you'd like, you may contact the seller's agent, and if you touch um, that underline contact the seller's agent, then you would reach out and get the seller's agent. But even on that point, you could reach out to the seller's agent, but notice how it's like just a general box. Like It yeah. won't even be about that listing, I don't believe. You know, it's like a general box. You have to like remind the agent what the listing is. I mean, it's made so difficult. Yes. So ultimately, I, you know, as brokers, we uh, believe that a buyer's broker is of benefit to you. And I think it's important to recognize in that sort of uncomfortable scenario that I had been in, that ultimately, you know, you should get to know the person who is representing you and trust that person. And so, you know, even if you meet someone through StreetEasy, you know, if you like them, then that's great and continue working with them. But know that until you actually have an accepted offer, so that is the moment at which point you they become your broker. Up until that point, if you feel that ultimately the relationship isn't in your best interest, you're always able to just say, hey, you know, I, I would like to continue my search on my own. And I think... The decision of a buyer's broker is one that you should make independently, and I recommend, quite frankly, meeting a whole bunch of brokers, going to different open houses, and making that choice independently, and that you are selecting them, not that they are selecting you because they've paid StreetEasy for the platform. You know, it's a relationship, and you're potentially going to be very close to that broker, that buyer's broker, for anywhere from months to even sometimes years for some buyers. Um, So you want to make sure that you get along really well with them. Yeah. 
So I believe that that is a wrap. My name is Corey Canton. I'm Maurice Singer. I'm Phil Harrigan. And we are Life Per Square Foot. Thank you.